is Rex, bringing you episode 15 of Batonk Points Podcast from the beautiful studios of UniversalExports.co. This week's episode is packed with detail and information and tips that will be a veritable feast for the ears. And I must acknowledge that a fair chunk has been sourced from All About Batonk, a website definitely worth visiting. We have a report from Radio Robin from Bayside Bulls in the South Island, an article presented by the loveliest of Patong players who cooks an extraordinary duck curry and puts up with the snoring of yours truly. What we don't have this week is Jerry from Jerry's History Data and Trivia Corner. I know, our ratings will drop enormously, but hang in there, he should be back for the next Patong Points podcast. Here's something most players have come across at some time. It involves removing a bull for measuring. Consider this. You're in a situation where you know which bull is closest, but you need to make a measurement in order to determine which bull is second. And sometimes you can't make that measurement because the closest bull is in the way. In such a case, you need to mark and remove the first bull. Take the measurement, then put it back exactly in its original position. When tolerances are tight, this can be a very tricky operation. Your marks on the ground may not be precise enough to allow you to be sure that you've put it back exactly in its original position. The traditional solution is the cup. This technique involves pushing the bull into the terrain while rotating it a few times, like screwing in a light bulb, before picking it up. This creates a slight depression or cup in the terrain that guides the bull exactly back into its original location when it's replaced. Another traditional way to make the cup is use another bull to gently tap the top of the bull several times before picking it up. This technique is without a doubt the most accurate way to mark the location of a bull before removing it temporarily in order to measure. Many umpires, however, hate the cup. They consider it to be disturbing the terrain in an unacceptable way. As Richard Powell, regional umpire of the Southern Counties Batonk Association of the English Batonk Association, writes, You should not try to push the bull downwards to make a little cup in the ground to help with its later replacement, because the cup might prevent the moved and replaced bull from moving if any subsequent bull were to disturb it or may stop any other bull that is moving from going where it should otherwise have gone. Concerns about the effects of the cup are more theoretical than real. Patonk is not played on billiard table surfaces. The size of the cup is unlikely to be greater than the natural variation of the surface, and the cup is surely a smaller disturbance of the terrain than marks drawn in the dirt, the traditional and accepted method. Still, this technique does disturb the surface of the terrain, and that's a concern, at least on a theoretical level. Is there a better method? Here's a tip that was posted by Colin Stewart on the Rules of Patonk forum of patonk.org. A good method which doesn't disturb the surface is to use a shoelace. Wind the lace around the base of the bull and pull both ends gently until it fits around the point where the ground and the bull meet. But don't pull so tight as to move the bull just enough to create a ring that fits closely around the base of the bull. Lift the bull out carefully and measure. Replace the bull into the ring of the shoelace, then carefully unwind the lace from around the bull. The removed bull should be precisely where you left it 
and no need to scratch marks into the terrain. This sounds like a great idea. You may need to practice a few times before you get the knack of it, and a shoelace will need to be added to your bull's bag. Here's someone very special. La Circulaire, a lesser-known Petonque tradition. This is based on an article from All About Petonque, posted April 1st, 2020. Almost from the day that Petonque was invented in 1910, Petonque players have experimented with tools and methods for drawing a throwing circle on the ground. Using a foot to swipe a curve in the dirt was crude. Drawing a circle with the finger left you with dirty hands. Using a stick worked well, but suitable sticks weren't always readily available. Players began to experiment with specialised tools for drawing circles. In the process, they created one of the lesser-known Petonque traditions, that of l'utile pour faire le cirque, or simply la circulaire. The most popular type of circulaire was made from the tip of the horn of the alpine ibex. Some were simply polished, but there was also a tradition of elaborately carving the horns, possibly because many of the carved circulaires were created by sailors who played petanque while in port and carved scrimshaw whilst at sea. One of the most popular designs was of a mermaid holding up two bulls. In 1971, the founders of Starbucks Coffee adopted that design to create the first version of their company logo. The design was altered so that the mermaid's tail covered the bulls in her hands. But you can see the bulls in the band surrounding the image. Carved circulaires were never widely used, partly because only a few of them were ever created, partly because they were very expensive, and partly because the alpine ibex had been hunted almost to extinction. Some players improvised circulaires from old screwdrivers, and more recently, old ballpoint pens. Some, like me, use a bit of broken stick. Now, there's an opening for a budding entrepreneur to manufacture custom circle markers. Have you ever thought about becoming an umpire? The Petong Federation of Australia are committed to developing and supporting umpiring all around the country. Courses are available to develop umpires at the club level, at the state level and at the national level. PFA has created a learning pathway for umpires in our sport. Each club will be able to assist new players to learn the basic rules of the game. Trained umpires will conduct coaching sessions to develop knowledge and understanding of the rules of the sport. They will also monitor and manage the application of the rules of the sport during club events. To ensure consistency of standards applied to umpiring in the sport of Petonque, PFA is developing a pathway for the development of umpires and defines umpires as follows. Level 1 Club Umpire Level 2 State Umpire Level 3 National Umpire Level 4 Confederation Umpire and Level 5 International Umpire. To support these umpires, the PFA Director of Umpiring has developed a series of workshops and examinations for Levels 1 to 3. 
Applicants must be physically fit and possess good eyesight as a prerequisite before applying to sit for a club, state, national, confederation or international umpire examination. Development and accreditation of levels 4 and 5 are managed by the FIPJP. Level 1. Club umpire. Any senior licensed player can apply to become a club umpire, providing he or she is a financial club member by forwarding a written application to their respective state director. After passing the oral, written and practical exam, you'll then be authorised, after ratification from Patong Federation Australia on the recommendation of the Patong Federation Umpire Commission, to umpire in club events within your respective state and assist in state league events. Level 2, that's state umpire. After completing one full year as an active probationary level 1, that's club umpire, you may apply to sit for a level 2, a state umpire, examination to be conducted by the state director. Level 3, the national umpire. Upon recommendation from your state director and after completing one year as an active probationary level 2, that's state umpire, you can apply to sit the exam for level 3, the national. For opportunities to qualify as a PFA umpire, contact your club state director of umpiring or the national director of umpiring. That's umpiring. So there you have it. Why not give it some thought? For more details and direction, visit the PFA website and look up umpires. Here's a quick couple for your diary. Capital Patong Club, home of Patong in Canberra and the ACT, will be holding their feature event, the Capital Cup, and the date is Saturday the 5th of November from 9 in the morning to 6 at night. So put that in your diary now. Of course, there are the PFA National Championship triples, doubles and singles. They're on Friday the 15th to Monday the 18th of April 2022. Don't be put off by the fact that registration seems to be somewhat oversubscribed. Just a little. Go along anyway. Be a spectator and enjoy the vibe. Not one in the future, but one just passed. A result worth noting. The Leamont Cidery Trophy was won by Grampians Patonk Club in 2021. Unfortunately, they didn't bring home the bacon this year, but managed some lovely ciders, courtesy of the sponsors after finishing the day as runners-up. Congratulations to Smythestale for the win at Learmonth's annual Cidery Cup Challenge on Labor Day 2022. Mike, Delia, Ray and Phil had a great day on the Learmonth Cidery piece. Gordon Oliver, Ron Ware, Brian Kirby and of course Clive Williams represented Ballarat, putting their best bulls forward. There's always 2023. I'll be back. As Marcier was mentioned a few times over the last couple of podcasts, here's a couple of DVDs about that area that may be of interest to you. Marcel Pagnol's Fanny Trilogy. Marcel Pagnol is the iconic writer of Marcier, where he grew up, and this bittersweet romantic trilogy, based on his successful stage play, celebrates a milieu which he knew like the back of his hand. And then there is Les Invincibles, starring Gérard Depatou. It is a 2013 comedy about roguish batonk players, which was shot in the Marseille area. Roguish batonk players. <laughs> These may be a little difficult to track down, but worth the effort. I was unable to make it to the Evoca weekend for the doubles. 
However, I was fortunate enough to be able to catch up with Barbie, who has been there a number of times, and she was able to submit a report for us. So here's Barbie. Barbie, I understand you've been to the Evoca competition for a little while now. You could be called a seasoned campaigner. That would probably be right. We have been going up there for probably oh, more years than I'd care to mention, but about about 20 years. So you would probably have seen changes over the time. Were there any noticeable changes that you found this year compared to others? For instance, were the quality of the piece better or are they getting worse? Every piece varies. Some that you think are flat are not, and you go up the other end and they're, they seem like mountains, although they look flat too. But no, the pieces are pretty much the same. They put gravel on them and they're pretty good. The main feature about Avoca is that it's in the median strip, in the middle of the highway. I've played there and bulls are prone to go out onto the highway itself with these great big B-double trucks coming down. Well, there were a lot of double B trucks coming, but unless you're a really, really bad shooter, Mostly they don't go out into the street, but the odd ones roll into the gutter. (laughs) And what about the competition this year? Did you notice anything different about that? Yes, people were so happy to get there this year. I think it's a whole year since, you know, we've been to Avoca and seeing old friends that you haven't seen because we haven't been playing many tournaments. It, It was a lot of fun. And also... We were playing in, if you call it a safe haven, because everybody had to be vaccinated. Everyone had to show their certificate on registration. So that sort of, I think, makes people relax a bit. Yeah. Administration of it, how did it all run nice and smoothly, as it always does? As usual, all the people go out of their way to put on on two great days, uh, Doug and Debbie Hicks and Ken and and Jane and, and, you know, Peter Wells who did the computing. It was terrific. They They all go out of their way to make a really good weekend of it. Yeah, and it's, it is the highlight of the Baton competition year, isn't it, being at Avoca either for the doubles or the triples in November? They're hoping, fingers crossed, that the November, 19th, 20th of November can go ahead. So we've all got our fingers crossed for that because that has been cancelled the last couple of years, even though we've been able to have it in, in March. It must be so frustrating for the organisers particularly, and as oh. you say, all that volunteering and all the work that goes into getting one of these things up and running and then to be told, sorry, you can't do it. Yeah, that's right. And also the people who set up the tents and the chairs and mark the piece. It's a lot of work, but it it runs smoothly, pretty smoothly every time. And things a little bit outside of the actual competition itself. Accommodation is always a bit difficult to find because it's well sought after and booked well in advance usually, isn't it, Barbie? There's a lot of little places. Just because there were the two of us and not a group of us this year, we booked a little cottage just a couple of k's out of town. But I think if you look on Airbnb and things like that, I mean, they're not necessarily cheap cottages, but there's a motel and there. I think there is accommodation that can be found fairly close by. That's right. And for those that carry their homes on their backs, there's a couple of caravan parks there too, I believe. Fantastic caravan park. A couple of our members were staying in them and, you know, they, mind you, they've got a beautiful caravan, but they were going on to Nagambi for this weekend too. Right. Yeah, but it's certainly got its advantages with that. It's an alternative, I guess, one that I won't use because I don't carry a caravan around. No, no, us us either, and camping's long gone for us. (laughs) 
And Barbie, the, the town itself, plenty of food outlets and things available like that for you? The town looked good, um, but the local businesses are doing it hard. The supermarket was open and they had, you know, everything in stock. But the little cafe that we usually go to right opposite the piece, she had to close because she couldn't get staff and she was panicking that, you know, a hundred odd people, all, at least half of them wanting lunch. It might be a long wait. So, you know, we, we took our own lunches this year. There was food available. Sure. No, even Ian at the pub, um, we went there Saturday night for dinner and they were only taking bookings for tables of six at a time and they were breaking them up to half hourly. Uh, we Ours was for 6.30, someone else's was for 6. And um, his wife was doing the cooking. So, you know, as we we had the order in, the next table came as we were getting served our main course. And, you know, they did it that way. But very difficult for them. Very much so. Yeah, look, I think, you know, everyone wanted to be in Avoca. It was great. It was a good good atmosphere, you know, the same as as you would remember. Lots of fun and lots of chat and everything else. Absolutely. We all won a few games, <laughs> lost quite a few more. Was always played in good spirits. <laughs> well, mostly good spirits. Oh, right. When you say mostly, well, did you have a few issues there, Barbie? Was there someone in particular you had a problem with? <laughs> Would we like to discuss who they were? No names (laughs) mentioned. (laughs) I understand. Barbie, probably just one last thing. Um, As we said earlier, this is probably one of the highlights on the calendar of the Batonk world in Victoria. Uh, Is it the sort of thing you would recommend new players to go along to or would it be too overwhelming? Well, look, um, two of our members... David and Deirdre. They are new members and, and, you know, they were game enough, I think... David said it was their second tournament they'd been to, but that, we didn't even know they were going. They turned up, they played, we played against them the last match. And I think they were enjoying it, but it was terrific to see them there, just getting the experience of playing. I mean, they didn't win, we didn't win. We won a few, but like them, but, um, you know, it, it was a great, I thought it was a great experience to see them there. As you say, we should get more people up there. There's no skin off anyone's nose to lose. <laughs> well, I know one or two that it might, but yes, you're right, Barbie. I absolutely agree. The whole point about the game of Patong is to have a good time, isn't it? That's right, but I still hate losing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll end on that note, Barbie. That is just fantastic. Look. Thanks, Rick. Nice to talk to you. Bye. Take care now. Bye. You too. Bye. Are they crop circles, crazy circular, or aliens? It seems Bayside Bulls Club in Tasmania have had their own version. Here's Radio Robin Dando to tell us all about it. Invasion of the Peace. During the last week, Bayside have been concerned and puzzled by the mysterious marks on the piece when they turn up for a toss of the bull. Being in the middle of a park, this patch of gravel and dirt is often less than pristine with all sorts of different marks, gouges, hollows, dips and divots. But these marks were of a different ilk, deeper, symmetrical, mysterious, almost artistic. The piece has long been the perfect place for activities other than Patong, with invaders quite oblivious to the fact that they are on a sporting arena. 
much to the chagrin of some of the, or many of the old blokes in the club. Post-Batong drinkies talk about this current invasion led to memories of the many incursions onto the piece over the years. There was a dreadlocked gypsy in his decorated caravan slash truck with a humpy on the tray who sets out his pots of pot to take the air. A happy camper who every day for a week set up a table on the piece and proceeded to groom her five Pomeranian dogs whilst flying bulls surrounded her. Posh picnickers, oblivious to those around them, setting up tables adorned with stout tablecloths, candelabras, flowers, crystal, silver, champagne, playing high society on the piece. Once they realised there were actually other people around them tossing metal balls to and fro, these folks did actually watch us at play and greeted good shots with a roistering, Huzzah! Huzzah! For six months, a giant shipping container graced the piece, supposedly in place for a couple of weeks while an international regatta was being held by the sailing club next door and promptly forgotten about. Many a bull bounced off this piece hazard. It was almost the cricketing rule of one hand off the wall is out, and then one bull off the container, game's over. There have been gentle young men praying facing Carver, while in the old heritage shed, the women prepared samovars and lamb on a barbecue spit, all oh, the smells from that shed. There have been dog walkers and cat walkers, scurrying possums, thumping wallabies, Rabbits and rabbits and rabbits, seagulls stealing the cochonades and dropping them into the river, magpies swooping in fury, and protective parent plovers charging with spurs sharp and ready. Cyclists and skateboarders, soccer players and kite flyers, Tai Chi groups meditating, moving, elegant and absolutely focused, an oasis of silence in the midst of our games. Tree climbers throwing their ropes over the limbs of the majestic stringy bark in the corner of the piece, yelling instructions to one another and blithely shimmying up the trunks. The mothers amongst us, not taking their eyes off the climbers, willing them to get back to the ground safely, whilst the blokes, after one look, declared, I'll be right, I'm holding. And in the same vein, slack rope walkers, throwing their ropes between the trees. Practicing their art as we got stuck into our tucker, mindful of the wobbling young people hovering over us. And an almost naked yogi, who for weeks drew the most perfect circle, absolutely mid-piste, put himself into his zen space, mantra thumbing and hmm. All was well playing batonk around him was perfectly fine until a gentle breeze slowly lifted his wisp of the sarong and all was revealed. His trance was so deep and complete, he was absolutely unaware of Bayside's collapsing in mirth all around him or exploding into laughter as they tried their very best to be polite and not look. The blokes were miffed to say the least. Important games were being interrupted. You women stop carrying on and play, they yelled. What's there to look at anyway? Then, much to the disappointment of some, the gust of wind dropped and all was serene once more. Mm, well, almost.
And now these mysterious patterns upon the sacred ground. The more spiritualists firmly believed they were the patonk version of crop circles. Others suspected aliens were playing with our psyches. And to others, it was the happy campers' nighttime shenanigans. Well, Super Sue was having none of this. She had her suspicions and a little bit of foreknowledge. Thinking back, she pinpointed when these circles first appeared and then tried to match that time to something new happening in Hobart. Well, that's the scientist in her. And you, Rika, she had it. The Hobart City Council has introduced a trial period of electric scooters and the population has gone wild everywhere and had obviously been having a joyriding spree on the precious piste. And what did Sue do? She emailed the scooter operators, explained the scooter circles and asked if there was a solution. Of course, in this learned time of technology, anything is possible. The very obliging purple scooter people programmed the GPS trackers on the scooters to make the piece a no-go area, and the errant riders found that their scooters stopped dead at the edge of the piece. Oh, happy days. But is not the GPS tracking system just as surreal and as mysterious to the oldies amongst us as aliens, crop circles, and almost naked yogis? All right, Robin, I'll let you go. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye. A mixed metaphor walks into a bar, seeing the handwriting on the wall, but hoping to nip it in the bud. A misplaced modifier walks into a bar owned by a man with a glass eye named Simon. A dyslexic walks into a bra. Yes, that's enough of that. Thanks for sharing your time with Batong Points podcast today. Remember to pack a shoelace. Consider circular manufacturing. Consider becoming an umpire. Hmm. See you at the ACT for the cup. Be sure you get along to a voker. Come back next time and we may even have Jerry back. If you or your club would like to have something included in the Batong Points podcast, write to me, rex at audiorexy at gmail.com. That's audiorexy at gmail.com. Take care, play safe, stay well. Or take care, stay safe and play well. Rex out. You're a good man, Rex. Sick of Rex. Sick of Rex.